Hey, it's Jordan with the Pop Dose Podcast. Today we've got Adeline. If you don't know her name, you probably know her voice. As lead singer of the new disco band Escort, she recorded big songs like Cocaine Blues and All Through the Night. These days, she's a solo artist, but she's retained that 70s sound. Her new single is called Twilight. I requested you because, you know, I'm a fan of Escort and... Aww. Your voice is amazing, and I love your retro. I love anything retro, 70s, you know. Where are you from originally? Like, where were you born? I was born and raised in Paris. And and when did you come to the U.S.? Uh, in 2004. Okay. A long time ago. And you, did you go straight to New York when you moved here, or did you go to college somewhere? Or? No, I, I, I moved straight to New York. So, I mean, initially, I was coming uh, kind of to scout it out you know I was coming for I had a return ticket for two weeks later and I was I was it was my first year of college and I decided not to go back for a second year and I decided to just go for it with doing music full-time and not having the plan b and so I, I was like let me check it out I had met some friends who had encouraged me to try coming here so I was just coming to check it out and uh, after five days I decided to stay you're an amazing bass player you're so thank good. you I love your bass lines 70s bass lines and that kind of funk disco, they're not easy. Tell me about where your bass came from. Did you grow up playing bass or, or what influenced that? It was an accident. <laughs> I think it's a good story right now, especially, you know, given the times and how just, you know, things just happen and come out of like bad situations and turn into amazing things. It wasn't such a terrible situation, but I, I wasn't. So my first group when I moved to New York, I was called The Crowd. A little backstory, I started playing guitar when I was about, was about 16 um, to write songs. So I, I played guitar already, um, not so well, but I played enough to write songs. And I played a little bit in shows. And we had, um, I had this trio group with two guys and we had uh, hired a band for a show and the bass player canceled at the last minute, right before the rehearsal. And the guys were like, hey, Adeline, you play guitar. Why don't you just play bass? It's the same thing with less strings. So I grabbed the bass and I was like, wow, uh, lost my mind. And uh, it changed me forever. And I decided to just uh, become a bass player. That's interesting. So you kind of like approached it like a guitar originally because that's what you knew. I wouldn't say I approached it like a guitar, but the one thing that was interesting to my approach is that I, I automatically was singing at the same time when I started playing, um, which is a little bit challenging. And so I had to like learn how to play the song, but how to sing the song at the same time. How did that lead to hooking up with the escort guys? So I got involved with that band. Uh, a friend of mine, DJ Stimulus, who uh, had back in the day a new, super cool band called The Real Life Show uh, that I was singing with occasionally, went to college at Vassar with uh, Eugene Cho and Dan Bayless, who started escort and that was back in 2009 stimulus was like hey my friend has a disco band project and they're looking for a singer and i thought of you and in my mind at the time i i had just started playing bass i mean i had been playing for a couple of years and i was getting into disco for bass but i wasn't really thinking so much about disco and doing disco and new disco even less so uh, and I was like, okay, let's 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 hear it. And I, I heard the music and loved it automatically. And my first show with, with them was was just a couple weeks later, and it was at um, the Prospect Park bench for like four thousand people. What drew you to 
that retro sound, that 70s sound, uh, you were into dis disco, new disco. Disco is soul music. It's R&B with four on the floor. So it's it's really just goes back to, you know, R&B and, and listening. Yeah, just, just growing up with that kind of music. I mean, when you think about it, uh, Chic is still considered an R&B band. Yeah. It's so funny, right? It's all the same thing. It's just the, the, the rhythm is slightly different and faster and four on a floor, but it's, it's all part of the same um, world musically. When you're talking about your solo music isn't, isn't disco. It's totally different, yeah. but it's still drenched in that 70s sound. Seven, yes. Yeah. Well, the 70s, that's true. I'm sorry. You did ask me about the 70s. And the 70s, it's, it's true that actually when I started playing bass, I spent about a year or two only listening to music that was made in the 70s. And so the, this, this um, attraction to the 70s sound for me comes from bass. It comes from my, my deep love for, for bass playing and, and bass sounds and bass lines. And I, that to me, that, is, that was the time, the, these, these years were the, the moment when some of the funkiest yet most melodic bass lines were, were created and recorded. You know, that's also when you know, late 70s, early 80s, you know, Jaco Pastorius came out. And, and that that was a really revolutionary time for bass because before that bass was sort of in the back as an instrumentation. And when it started with Jaco, but, you know, she came out and all the, 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 the that 70s um, music was really the first kind of music to put bass forward so much and give it such a tone, a, a voice and a melody. Um, so that's probably why I'm drawn to it when it came to shedding bass. Curtis Mayfield's bass player is my all-time favorite bass player. And, you know, just just endless banks of just like funky bass lines. Do you build your songs around bass lines or do you come up with the lyrics and the melody and then put the bass line in? Uh, the bass comes first. So I make 90% of my music with Morgan Wiley, who's an amazing keyboard player. So he brings the, the nerdy knowledge of chords and, you know, all these like, really, really interesting textures that I don't, I'm not educated enough to come up with. Um, and we come up with a beat together and then very often it's beat and then the bass line. And then I just jam to it and just find the bass line. And then he adds the keys. Um, and then after, once we have like sort of a skeleton for the song, uh, I, I start searching for melodies and then the lyrics come last. Debut, your debut solo album, it came out a couple of years ago. Obviously it had a different sound than the new disco sound, than Escort. And mm -hmm. I feel like your newest single, Twilight, even sounds more retro than your debut album. Was there a conscious effort? Like I want this to sound really like it was made in 1972 you know it has it almost feels like mini ripperton's just like hanging out with you in the room oh, or something that's so sweet that's such an amazing compliment oh there goes theo my cat if you it, it wasn't not intentional um but it, it's just been an evolution you know coming out of a band and coming out of making music with certain amount of people and in a, in a specific way and then just finding my own way to do it and and the album my first album has 14 tracks on it and you hear it, it's kind of all over the place. There is some new disco aspect to it. I, I was trying to, you know, I was finding my sound. And and I think as I progressed as a performer, solo performer with my own band, I mean, I'm a solo artist, but I have a band 
Um, and it, it's always the same guys with me on stage and they are an essential part of the development of my sound. And I think with Twilight, uh, what's been happening in the later, the newer music is it's more of a band effort in terms of the recordings. So I think that that old school element can probably also come from the fact that it's it's not programmed drums, it's all live drums, uh, no triggers, you know, just just all like, very organic instrumentation. What do you enjoy about playing live? I enjoy every single bit of it. I the the stage is my favorite place to be on earth. There's a uh, you know, when you have a good show, it's, it's, it, I feel transported. It's, it's magical. It's, it's a, there are no questions. Now you mentioned that your, your debut album had some elements of the new disco sound on it mm -hmm. and that you kind of evolved from there. Yeah. Did you feel like you were starting from scratch? Like I'm not the escort singer. I'm, you know, Adeline, like how much do you think like I need to have some element of that sound so people know who I am. I think there was definitely some of that, you know, it's, it's difficult, it's challenging to come out of the band, of a band and, and just really hope that people will follow me, keep following the band, but follow my journey as a solo artist and like what I'm doing. Uh, I also operated from a place of what I was used to doing, you know? And I think, I think what I wanted to do with my first album is, is, uh, something that we were talking about earlier in this conversation is kind of trailing the the relationship between those different genres and and showing the people that it's all kind of from the same mother, you know, the same uh, musical umbrella of music, which is soul music. So that's why I kind of created this this link in between all the songs. The songs all go into each other, and I kind of wanted to the, to bring the the new disco followers and bring the neo-soul R&B audience, because that is something that I noticed with my nine years fronting Escort, is these were two different audiences. My friends who listen to Escort are not necessarily like my friends who listen to uh, Erica Badu or Daniel Caesar, for, you know, speaking of more recent uh, neo-soul artists. And I, I always felt like it's, it shouldn't be that way. You know, we should just kind of everybody should be enjoying the same that kind of music equally. It kind of feels like the music industry has caught up with your sound in that there's a lot of hip hop and R&B using live instruments, using jazz arrangements, using mm -hmm. really complex composition. So yeah. do you feel like you're kind of diving into your solo career at the right time in a way? Uh, I, I think the, the, one of the best uh, pieces of advice I received when I moved to New York is that uh, things will take off for me or, or at least go well for me when there is a intertwined uh, meeting between what I'm doing and what is going on uh, in the musical world. And I, I think, I, yeah, I do feel like what I'm doing now, it's, it kind of fits with what people are ready to hear. And I think we're just up in terms of art, we operate in cycles, right? Like, that's how hip hop started. Hip hop started with samples from jazz records. You know, these, right. these guys, Trap Call Quest, like they used to just dig up old jazz records and and Chic has been sampled so much. So, you know, it all came from jazz and even disco. And I think it's just, we're in this loop where we're in like three decades loops in general when it comes to, you know, fashion and music. Right. And this is the time when what I'm doing is coming back, probably. Do you have any desire to 
collaborate with hip hop artists with have you know having rappers on your on your records at all? Absolutely. There's there I have a list. You have a list. And mm-hmm. do you want to drop any names on that? Or is it like a secret list? No, it's not a secret list. I mean, my my actually my favorite artist uh today is Anderson Pack, who's you know, he's a little bit left field of hip hop because he also sings and he's an instrumentalist and great drummer. Uh, he's an insane drummer. And I relate to him in many ways, not in level of talent. He's, you know, I'm not worthy. But, um, you know, the fact that he's a front person who also plays an instrument and he's a a solo artist with a band. And it's, you know, his band, they've been together, played together for years. And um, they have contributed to developing his sound. And I like how he... Shout, you know, he's a musician at heart. And I think that's something about bass players and, and drummers. It's where the kind of the foundation that sits in the back and it's where that we're in the forefront. And you see how like when we're in the forefront, it's like, but it's my, about my band, you know, it's, it's uh, so I relate to him so much for that. And, you know, there are many other rappers that I, that I love. Topaz Jones is a young upcoming rapper who's great. I love Tank and the Bengas. I love Gold Link. Uh, so yes, it's, it's, you know, yeah, it's it's funny you you mentioned you mentioned Sheik. Um, it seems like Nile Rodgers just like keeps coming up. I mean, there there are a few artists that come in a generation that can have the impact and influence that that Sheik you know had. Mitty Ripperton is another one. You named her, and I've been just really. I mean, I've always been really influenced by her, but. Uh, you listen to her music and like you're like, oh, that was simple. Patrice Russian, same. And not all of them are known. Uh, you know, they're not like, let's say Patrice Russian is not as known as um, Donna Summer or Diana Ross, but she's been sampled a lot more. Everybody knows her voice, even if you don't everybody know her name. Everybody knows her voice and everybody knows her, her some of her tracks, yeah. <laughs> the, the natural progression on this is, you know, you have, the, you had a couple singles come out in the last couple of years. Do you have a desire to make another full album soon? I mean, that doesn't seem like it's as big a deal as it used to be. Yeah, it's it's all um, the whole concept of albums is is very co- complicated and convoluted these days. But I feel like in a way we can kind of do whatever we want. Um, that you know, it's kind of this open ended, you know. Um, limitless amount of music that you can put out because the one thing that's important is to release a lot. I actually released a few singles. I, I released like, I did a, some features. I released a bunch last year. I've already had two since 2020. Uh, and it's, it's so I, I'm going to release an EP in June uh, and most likely another EP in the fall, which is like, I'm already working on the next EP. Is there going to be a full length right now for this year? Probably not. Uh, I don't feel like it. You know, in 2018, I put out a 14-track album and everybody was like, you are crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. Nobody listens to albums, but I just felt like it. Right. And right now, I feel like making five to six tracks EPs. <laughs> and what's the sound of those EPs going to be like? Well, I've, re- I've already released two songs that will be on the EP, Middle and Twilight. Okay, so, so middle, those are going to be on the EP. Tempo, but they, they, they definitely is an older sound. 
in, in general, there might be a little something that might make you dance. I don't want to reveal too much, but but I think in, I'm or, I've just kind of been organizing the songs by sound at what seems to be happening is this EP feels a little bit more retro and the next one um, a little bit less so, um, a little bit more futuristic in some aspects of it, but still, still kind of uh, still slower. What's your daily workflow like now during this time? Do you do you write songs daily? Do you do you just watch TV some days? Or, or? I want to say that I feel very fortunate that my uh, daily schedule hasn't changed much. I actually realized recently that I was already kind of living in quarantine. Same, same. I feel you. I feel I'm you. Like, oh my god, have I been in quarantine this whole time without knowing it? Because really, I'm in a room all day working for hours like a lab rat so it, it's it's i'm actually kind of almost busier you know of course sadly i have I had all my shows canceled and i'm not going to be flying and going on the road and that's i'd rather not even talk about that there's there's always a there's going to be a positive side to that eventually i'm sure but when it comes to making music i i've just kind of followed my my plan which was finishing that ep that's coming out soon um, so I get up and I, the morning, my mornings are dedicated to, uh, the business aspect of my career, like social media, which, you know, surprisingly takes some planning and some time and, uh, shedding some base and doing phone calls with my team and emails. And then around one o'clock, I go to the studio, I bike there. Uh, and then once I get there, it's everything sanitized. It's just two of us and we just work on music, work on music, and I come home late and I work about So you have been going to a studio, not just yeah. working from home. Yeah. It's as if, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I'm home there. So it's like, it's the second home and it's, 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 um, you know, there's no interaction either. So I'm, I'm lucky that I have that yeah. second space where I can go. Totally. No, you, you have really cool hair. You got the cool Parisian accent. Do you, <laughs> You seem like you would be like above watching Netflix and stuff. I'm not above anything. I did watch Tiger King with my husband last night. Late last night, I actually watched the final episode, the reunion. Does your life feel changed now? Oh my God. I I just actually realized like earlier today that I had a dream about Tiger King last night. I literally dreamed that I had lions. It's so weird. I have a cat. Close enough. It's nice to have an animal at this time. It is. I, I think my, my, my cat is very happy with this whole situation because he spends a lot of the time alone at home. And now he's like, wow, guys, everybody's home every day, all day. I love this. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I'll let you go. Good luck with the, the EPs. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be invited. Thanks for listening to the Pop Dust Podcast. I'm Jordan Edwards. You can find me at jordanedwardsstudio.com or on Instagram at jordanedwardsstudio. And be sure to check out the latest in music, pop culture, and entertainment at popdust.com. Mm-hmm.